Hello and welcome to Please Don't Send Me into Outer Space, the podcast intent on exploring all that science fiction and fantasy has to offer, one movie at a time. My name is Joel. My name is Sarah. And I'm Jose. This week is Existence, little E, big X, big Z, from 1999, directed by David Cronenberg, starring Jude Law, Jennifer Jason Lee, Ian Holm, Willem Dafoe, and Don McKellar. So, Jose, we invited you over, and you selected this movie. And I I know that you have always been a big fan of this movie. In fact, I, I believe if I flash back to when we were going to school together, you told me all about how great this movie was. I'd never heard about it before. It was it's an interesting situation. Oh snap! I see. I thought it was the other way around. I thought you recommend you recommended it to me, and I went out and watched it. I mean, that doesn't seem likely. I've never seen the movie before until today. Why would I recommend a movie that I'd never seen before? Yeah. That's true. Well, um, I dug it. I don't know what it was. Maybe just Cronenberg. I like Cronenberg stuff. And the reason why I picked it this time, I don't know why it's on my mind. Maybe just because I hadn't seen it in a while. And if it wasn't this, I was going to say The Fly. But I have a feeling guys have already done The Fly. Is that true? No. Is not? Damn, we could have seen The Fly. Neither version. Well, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I could... I got to rewatch. We're only a hundred episodes in. We got you know. There's a lot of movies to cover. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. I think I think the reason why I brought this one up was because I hadn't seen it in a while, and I guess I'd been meaning to rewatch it. And because uh, I saw Jennifer Jason Lee in that in that Netflix show that she's on right now, Gypsy. No, 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 no not Gypsy, not Gypsy. Is that even a show? Did you make that up? Yeah, no, it's she's not in that one. That's Billy Crudup and Naomi Watts. Oh, what? I gotta, I gotta check that out. Yeah, not that one, um, but uh, Atypical is is, is oh, what it is. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she's in that. So, so, so that reminded me of her. And I was rewatching Rick and Morty, and I saw the Cronenberg episode. So That's that also cool. reminded me of Cronenberg. Dear uh, white people, dear white people would. Is that that's not Cronenberg? That's a Netflix show. It's a Netflix show. Is, yeah. just, is it Jennifer Jason Lee? I don't know. No. That's probably not what made you want to. What made you pick this movie? <laughs> All right, just tossing that out there. I just, you know, I'm just trying to trying to get you know in between the lines. She's also in the new Twin Peaks, but you haven't got there. Whoa, whoa, what? I just, I just. Really I thought that was why. Really? You wanted to watch it? Yeah. Because Jennifer Jason Lee is in it. How, how do you know I'm a big fan? I don't. Oh. I just thought it was on your mind and you were like... He's a big Jennifer Jason Lee fan, yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. Not not really. I'm not the biggest fan. Is she in the? Is she in Crash also? Oh, that's, wait, is she? Damn, I gotta see Crash. I was wondering... I've never seen that, but this definitely made me think of what I've heard about it. I yeah. I don't think she's in that, is no, she? I was expecting somebody to do something with one of those ports. If you know what I mean. Yeah, I uh, I was getting some callbacks to memories that people had told me about that movie. I haven't seen it yet. Heard a lot about it. It says it's Cronenberg too. Well, of course it is. Yeah. Oh yeah. I no, might no, didn't know that. Yeah. That's yeah. why I was. <laughs> I knew that. I, I thought you okay, guys were saying sorry. Jennifer Jason Leigh's <laughs> in that. It's another one of the Cronenberg body horrors uh, with with. Overtly sexual, but not quite one. sexual. Oh, it's Holly Hunter. See, I get those two actors. And what? How can you get them mixed up? They're both very small white. They are women short. They are very. They, they, they are both very short. That this is true. This is yeah. true. And this chick, Deborah Cara Unger. And I get her mixed up with. Uh, She's in Payback. Yeah, I get her mixed up with. The one we were talking. Mary McCormick. About. Yeah. Yeah. She does. Look so that was Existence. Um, that was pretty good. <laughs> Sarah, what'd you think? Because it's certainly not the kind of movie I would think that you'd like. I kind of did, though. Oh. <laughs> I, I, 
it was grossed out, really grossed out. And I feel like Cronenberg has the ability to um, make you feel things that make you squirm, like when you're watching it. And he can, he obviously has the ability to provoke you to sense things within yourself while you're watching it, like a visceral reaction to it. But he could choose other surfaces. He could choose other textures than the ones he does. And it's like, let's pick the slimiest, grossest, like, crunchiest, like, substance. And it's like, you could pick, like, really really nice ones too but he's trying to make you feel creeped out i think it's part of his charm yeah yeah now now one question i got so you you said he liked it Uh uh-huh is this something you would have gone out and seen on your record no no because so jennifer jason lee isn't enough to sell it for you huh she's i i like her as an actress i've seen her in a bunch of different stuff but the funny thing is, we listened to a podcast once about this movie. Yeah, Film Sick. Oh, yeah, it was Film Sack back in the day. And um, it sounded so disgusting to me from the way they talked about it that I was just like, oh, no way, never. And I probably wouldn't have even heard of it if I hadn't listened to that podcast. Right. But I pictured in my mind that it would be really uh, difficult to pull off. <laughs> Just based on what when you say what the story is, it feels like it would be a tall order to pull off without it being like illustrated or something. It's like live action. Yeah, you get the feeling that this is another example of like a movie that would have to be storyboarded down to each part to to show exactly what context they want for what's going on, right? It was gorgeous. I mean, the the material was disgusting a lot of the time that they were shooting, but the framing and the cinematography and like the the portraiture of like the frames of the the close ups of the faces and stuff. It was like really gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, totally. It uh, I was, as I was watching it, I was wondering if he had teamed up with a prior cinematographer, just because it has the same I don't know feel and aesthetic as. Um, oh God, what came to mind? Uh, like Dead Zone, like kind of washed out almost, you yeah, know? Dead Zone. I, I had the, ex- it, it felt, it felt the same. Yeah. It didn't feel the same as The Fly. Like, even though The no. Fly is a disgusting movie, mm-hmm. The Fly seems way more like cinematic, like in the, in the capital C sense. Like, we're, we're making a, a almost like we're making a summer blockbuster yeah. slash body horror movie and this this is feels e- even though the concept is big and it's got the same kind of practical you know body gross effects and stuff like that it does feel smaller key like there weren't that many um sets i uh, you know like i i liked they, that about yeah it. yeah not too many big huge set pieces from the from what i can recall yeah uh, I, oh go ahead I'm oh sorry. no just regarding the look yeah i, I I feel like it, it almost grounds you a little bit more. It's almost like like an HD cam sort of thing, uh, documentarian sort of sort of view, mm-hmm. uh, like the kind of palette you'd see in regular life. Almost. Yeah, it's almost like they put a port in your back and then plug the movie directly into it. <laughs> <laughs> Should we go over the movie, or do you think you? So yeah, yeah. I mean, let's just do a nice a quick paraphrase. synopsis here. Uh, the movie is about a. Video game designer played by Jennifer Jason Lee, who has is like worshipped basically from the by the outside world for her game creations, and her newest creation is a game called Existence. That is a another form of virtual reality. V- virtual reality is commonplace, and everything works on a biological and uh, mental level. You, the controllers are made of like flesh. Although it doesn't, you know, what kind of flesh, whatever. Like, you plug the controller directly into your body and interact with other people through that way, too. And we end up going on a kind of adventure because there is a enemy faction that wants to destroy all things that are these, this fake reality. And... It blends between the real world and the fake world, and... 
what, what's what's his name? The main guy? Jude Law. Jude Law. Jude Law has a terrible American accent. <laughs> yeah, that's basically the the premise. You got these folks carrying around their consoles with them. You know, they're toting around in, in, in their own bags, carrying all these cables and whatnot. They're not cables. They're umbilical. Oh cords. yeah, yeah. They they are not cables. Yeah, they are umbilical cords that they plug into their spine and then into their their flesh coated console. Right, and you have to flick that the bean on the controller. It's so gross. It's very gross. Yeah, it's like you feel like your body is being invaded by something when you're watching it because you're seeing them. Like poke things into themselves or pull things out, and like just the textures are so like they're so I don't know what to say. Like it's a sensory experience, even though you're not experiencing it yourself. Yeah, you, you could almost imagine what it would feel like to yeah. to, to God flick that console. Yeah. I guess. Uh, <laughs> Weird, weird method of, of controller or startup, I guess. Uh, don't know why they couldn't just use a button, but yeah. And it's like latex. There's like latex and there's like what looks like dissected frogs and like just all this different weird stuff. And the really gross thing to me was when they introduced this idea of a of an organic material gun that shoots teeth mm-hmm. it was really gross <laughs> that was just it's completely undetectable by metal detectors and bio detectors i guess they hadn't they hadn't thought of plastic yet like we have now plastic 3d printed killing machines shooting teeth is a lot cooler though yeah I mean, you're gonna get those teeth though oh yeah good point that's gross yeah. You know, well, at least we could all say that we saw a guy get shot in the neck with a molar. Yeah. And then immediately shot in the face. Yeah. And Sarah was closing her eyes at that part. I don't blame you. Was, oh, you missed it? It was absolutely of disgusting. What? When the guy got shot in the face with the molar. Yeah. Uh, bummer. That was, a, that was a cool scene. <laughs> I don't like that. Oh. No, yeah. If I, if I think something is going to be gross, I'll close my eyes. But, yeah. But for this, I kept my eyes open a lot of the time. There were only a couple of parts where I was just like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the blending of this virtual world, like there were were certainly things that were very video game-like, you know, basic name of locations, like uh, there's the part where they go to the country gas station and it says country gas station, right? The ski lodge says ski lodge. The chi- mm-hmm. the Chinese restaurant in the forest, that, that's something out of a video game. Although that was like second level, you know, we got some inception going on here. And then uh, like later it gets revealed that it might not even be second level. Who knows how many levels down they are. And uh, the, another thing is like since they were the main characters, their characters always looked nice and clean compared to everyone else. Mm. You know, her hair was always done up, and it, you know his was all slick and everything like that. No mess on his uniform. There was like a glow when they first transitioned the first time. There was like a neon um, light source that was making everything a little bit like more glowy and more. Well, they were inside of a store in the beginning, and that could have been from ambient light in the room or something. But it looked. It looked super sophisticated for being from the 90s, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great. I mean, the premise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wow. Uh, to, to make that in the 90s, I feel like it, it would have... Well, Joel was saying before we, we hit record here on these uh, these mics that that uh, it probably would be a bit more... Well, it fits more <laughs> mm-hmm. in today's age. Yeah, when we heard... The other podcast talking about the movie, they were talking about in context of World of Warcraft and having like a different life or second life, you know, that, that's inside the computer. And now even farther, it's like the VR that they have, like, hey, Jose's got a nice VR setup and I, I tried it and it's it's not 
not realistic, you know, you still know you're in a video game, but it's so mind-blowing compared to, I don't know if you guys ever tried VR back in, like, the <laughs> 90s. No. But it was, it was a stinkeroo compared to this. I mean, it was just like a TV screen. Like, <laughs> I remember playing Doom, uh, or not Doom, uh, Wolfenstein 3D, and it's like, this is a virtual reality. You just got Wolfenstein 3D over my eyeballs. Wolfenstein, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's much it's much more immersive nowadays. <laughs> so this is what it was like fighting the Nazis. <laughs> 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 they all yelled, Octoon. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that game. Wolfenstein. Yeah, <laughs> I liked Wolfenstein, and I yeah, yeah, some of those computer ones. Um, but I was kind of surprised at like the level of the story because initially, I kind of thought, oh, this is you know taking a jab at like video game players or whatever, and saying they're too immersed in this other reality that they're addicted to or whatever. And then I think it's bigger than that. I mean, how did you guys feel about the overarching story? Well, yeah, I thought I thought the way it was trying to frame it was in the future. You know, playing video games was more accepted because it's it's carried. You know, well, as you can see, everyone carries their console around with them, right? And you do have the subset of people who think that that ain't cool, right? And in a way, yeah, I guess it was headed in the right direction. It's funny. Uh, in, in the opening scene, they're having this unveiling for for the video game, mm-hmm. and I guess one one thing they didn't exactly get right was uh, <laughs> the the crowd. I guess was like in the size of a church, whereas nowadays you have oh, you have yeah, these huge yeah. huge conventions like E three with you know masses of people going just for these unveilings. Uh, so didn't quite quite nail nail that, but uh, they had the right idea. Yeah, and and one one stray observation that I caught was. Uh, uh, I think the game, the the the, the cost of production for Existence was thirty eight million. Now compare that to to last year's Battlefield One. Yeah, that thing cost a whopping one hundred million to produce. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, the I mean, have you ever played like a pre stage alpha game before? No, I don't. I don't think I have. Okay, uh, you know, because I worked in the gaming industry, uh, I, I did a couple of these, and they do actually take you to a church. And, <laughs> no you know, way. You you sit with a bunch of other people. You have to volunteer <laughs> to test the game. Yeah. I know it seemed unusual, but it's actually just that that, that seemed the most factual part. <laughs> you don't know it, but when you become a game tester, you're also signing up for a religion, yeah. and they bring you to a church to test the game. <laughs> well, it's like an AA meeting, you know? <laughs> That's more like what it felt like. Like, they rented out the hall like an AA group or something. I don't know. Yeah, like, you could move that scene over to, like, people that had become addicted to that game, like, all meeting oh, yeah. together or Recovery something. Recovery like or yeah. something. Uh-huh. Yeah. I I found this story to be over overly complicated in this movie, but I do like at the end that they basically like meta commented on that <laughs> by saying like there were too many twists at the end. Uh, you know, I didn't really catch what was going on. You know, I was like the, the developers like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. okay, I'll take that as a note. Mm-hmm. I th- I thought it was actually pretty genius the way the story was told and. Jennifer Jason Lee just does so well in the movie. She is deadpan serious the entire time, even though she's got to do a lot of ridiculous stuff in the movie. And, you know, she's fondling this weird thing on her bed and, like, porting these weird things into hers and his body and stuff. And her, her console, her video game console. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Fondling it. <laughs> But she much in the same way I fondle my PS4. <laughs> no, she makes it believable. I mean, it was all it was all riding on that performance. If that person hadn't done it convincingly, then the whole movie would have been a joke, I think, because how could you take any of the rest of it seriously mm-hmm. if the acting of the person who supposedly created it didn't seem authentic? Yeah. But I feel like it's definitely 
I feel like it is social commentary. Right. But I feel like it's also this other thing, too, that there's, like, a surrealism, like, this kind of, I don't know what. I, I'm putting my finger on it, but it's taking me a minute <laughs> to articulate. Yeah, we just watched it, so. Yeah. All this stuff will probably come after we finish recording. <laughs> yeah, like 20 minutes ago. That's yeah. what the credits were rolling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm not working on this movie, like, in my head the way I do sometimes. Like, trying to to get at the nooks and crannies of the information inside this thing. Because I, I feel like, like I said, I feel like the plot was purposely overly complicated. As uh, what maybe what you were saying, as a commentary, almost. Like, if you... It's existentialism, too. Well, yeah. But I was thinking of Final Fantasy, where the game always twists, and all of a sudden you're on the moon, even though you're on the Earth. Yeah. And then there's gods. Kind of like oh, that. dude. What? I haven't played it. <laughs> all of them? Yeah. Uh, yeah, see? That doesn't count. Um, yeah, there's a reality thing that's happening. There's the, the reality that they're experiencing, quote-unquote, outside of the game, and then there's the reality inside of the game which is also kind of a twisted folded form of reality from yeah. your real life yeah it, from what i gathered that the game takes from your experiences yeah and kind of kind of meshes it into or <laughs> mashes it together into some plot yeah <laughs> for you to then go and and play and beat right i thought that was an interesting idea yeah yeah like a game auto-generating the story right which isn't too far-fetched. You have games auto-generating, you know, play levels nowadays, yeah. so... Yeah, what is it called? When the uh, the levels form as you do things. Never mind. Obviously, I haven't listened to my weekly video game podcast, so I can't remember. It's fine. Remember. Do some research and uh, put a snippet in post. No, never. I'm <laughs> not publishing this tonight. <laughs> Was there anything that struck you guys as, like, super funny in it? Oh, totally! I thought I, I thought I had a few <laughs> a few laugh out loud moments. So a lot of the movie was funny. Yeah, yeah. It, like <laughs> Willem Dafoe as gas. <laughs> like, the I think the funny thing about that his character being all like a super weirdo, you know, mm -hmm. is that he comes out in the basically to spoil the ending of the movie. Spoiler. Uh, it turns out that they're all using a video game console that has taken them into a world where they were making a video game console. You know, it's all meta and stuff like that. But Willem Dafoe's like, you know, he, he gets taken out very early in the game. But his, his character in the game is a, is a super weirdo. Like, I, I don't know if they want to explain that as, like, his character motivation or something like that. But I think it'd be weird that, like wake up in the room, you know, after playing this game for 20 minutes and be like, hey, buddy, you, you said some weird <laughs> stuff when you were uh, playing that game there. You okay? Yeah. That realization was, was pretty... <laughs> he was funny. Pretty funny. I knew his character was going to be a bad guy as soon as I saw him, and I thought, that kind of sucks for an actor if, like, they've been typecast as a bad guy just really? because... You think that every time you see Willem Dafoe? That he's going to be a bad, a bad guy? guy? Yeah. Can you name a movie where he's not a bad guy? Jose? <laughs> <laughs> You're putting uh, him on I, the spot. I can. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on your point of view, uh, in Spider-Man... <laughs> You're on his he side. <laughs> I was thinking Boondock Saints. Haven't caught that one. Okay, well, don't don't even bother. It's okay. All right. Uh, another another funny moment was uh, when Jennifer Jason Lee's character, well, her character Allegra, got shot in the shoulder, mm. and uh, they got to pull off the side of the road and and take that that bullet out. And you see Jude Law just uh, open up the the dullest knife you have ever seen <laughs> to take this. Uh, what you then find is a, a tooth out of her shoulder. Gigantic tooth. Very he very large that was tooth. Funny. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> He's disgusting. like, well, just because his face, he he seems so ready to do it, and he pops open this the yeah. tiny tiny little dull knife. <laughs> and yeah, I I lost it. I like that right before they pull over. She was like, 
We need to pull over and do something really intimate. intimate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, that's what they meant. Yeah. yeah. Invasion. The rest of the players were just watching them a lot. Or were they having their own experiences on the side that connected up with them? No, I think it's like player player unknowns battlegrounds that you could just uh, yeah. you know follow a character afterwards. You just pick from the list and maybe you could switch in between. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> you're all, you're you're the way I saw you're you're dropped into this, you know, this this game, this level. You're you're playing your own your own mm-hmm. thing and then you meet up with these characters eventually. And if you you die like some of these characters did, what Joel was saying is you can then spectate the rest. Oh, okay. Yeah, the rest. So you're not just kind of sitting in limbo. That's cool. If you die in the game, you die in real life. This reminded me of those weird games that you watched in front of me before that were like... Whoa, that sounds dirty. <laughs> weird, like... Those full motion video games where you could like pick a... <laughs> what are they called? Yeah, they're called FMV games. FMV yeah. games, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're like... Uh, Adventure games, but they have video of terrible people doing terrible fanta- acting. fantastic acting in, in <laughs> terrible circumstances. <laughs> no, I mean the, the the way some of those uh, NPCs interacted. <laughs> yeah, and they were purposely doing that. I mean, that's that. I feel like that's kind of like a hole in the game because a lot of those NPCs ended up being actual players. So that 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 one guy that was at the store that's right. that like right. ended off the mission in the first place, the guy with the the huge on. accent, yeah, yeah. It's like you you're a player, but you can't respond until somebody gives you the correct response. No, that's right. That's yeah, that why is I a... was wondering about that part where she repeats herself. Oh, oh, you mean like if she was an NPC, or if she went yeah. to NPC mode? Yeah. No, I think yeah, I think that. Like she was saying about him, like sometimes your your character just takes over your id or whatever. Right. Yeah. Just like in real life. Yeah, there was like a base thing happening too that was like your baser instinct that like your you as a person trying to win a game wants to do something. Mm. And then there's the character that is supposed to be controlling some of your actions that is outside of what yeah they have yeah. Their own sometimes motivation. those things fall in line and sometimes yeah they don't. And, and in order for the story to progress you i guess lose all all function of your body and you you, you know spread out these lines of dialogue in order for the game to proceed yeah I feel like that's like one of those games where you're like a party game where one of the people is like the secret agent and the other one is trying to find them and they they can only like exchange certain things with other people to try to figure out who it is and it's like you're you know your character as the secret agent is supposed to do this but you might just want to have fun as a person playing this party game like that I'd have a difficult time with that I would like oh here's my <laughs> character my character I don't know did you guys feel hungry during the chinese food scene i just i'm just you know i don't know cuz I mean, I ate some dinner right afterwards, so I don't... I, I haven't. So, yeah, yeah, I, I kind of did. Kinda I mean, did. it didn't seem that weird. Like, I, it is gross. It's gross. Yeah. I think it's grosser that he was reaching in, you know, to that bowl and getting stuff than it was seeing him eating stuff. Because it didn't, what? You know, it You're like, not to do that. It could have been really gross, like splatting all over his face or something like that. He was just, you know... It was gross. Just like, like chicken or something. Yeah, that, that's what came to mind. Chicken. I, th- I think Cronenberg went to some Chinese chefs <laughs> and was like, you know, this stuff, it tastes good, but it looks really disgusting. And I want to be able to make this kind of texture of stuff for my movie. <laughs> like, can you show me the recipes for how to get that gelatinous, like, kind of... <laughs> oh, man. Crunchy yeah. but old. Oh, please look. stop! You're making me hungry. <laughs> that, that marrow, right? Marrow sucked out of yeah. the and, and like, because that's where the tooth shoots out. Frog, of. you know, like you still got the skin on or something like that. Like that, it's like, yeah. But, <laughs> so during the scene in the movie, the reason why he's eating, you know, this this gross food is because the bones. Because he's hungry. Besides the fact that he's hungry, is because the bones form into a a gun. Yeah. That reminded me of this kind of fish my mom used to eat when I was younger. 
She would get. Oh, she ate a fish and then shot somebody. Wow. Would you play with the bones afterwards? Uh, what? No, <laughs> Where's was, this going? <laughs> no, it was like a kind of fish. I think I asked her if it was like salmon or what it was. Not of this world. It came in a can, and you could eat the bones. Oh, so it's like a sardine. It was like there was fish, but there was bones in yeah, it. Yeah, like soft bones that you could eat. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of gross. No, it's perfectly good. <laughs> I don't like that idea. In fact, I have some right here if you guys want to, you know, just take a take a bite. You 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 prefer the Heathcliff method or the uh yeah, Heathcliff method where you stick the entire fish in your mouth and pull out the bones, right? No, and it is very efficient. I'm not really I'm not really into the fish that much. No, I know. <laughs> but Given a choice, I'd probably look at the whole body fish on a platter, take the chopsticks, take a section out that didn't have bone. Right, That right. came off with it. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's like rotisserie chicken, right? You know, you, yeah, you know, yeah, you take away from the meat yeah. without taking the bone. Yeah. yeah. I thought the gross part of that was him. There was something like very, my favorite word, visceral, in my brain about um, the the reaction I had when he was pressing the bone things together to make to reconstruct the gun like that that you know clicking sound. Now, I don't know if the mic picked that up my me clicking my teeth, but that's what it feels like like the 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 sound of like your knuckles rubbing against some other bone in your body like it's like, give me kind of chills right now. It's like they took a mic and like recorded someone. like someone getting their back cracked by the chiropractor or something like all these yeah like, yeah sounds that is what like, it sounded like <laughs> yeah they put the real life noise in i think yeah <gasps> yeah props props to that foley artist <laughs> yeah i am so all about sound design recently like ever since the new twin peaks started like that sound design in that series is like incredibly important david lynch handles it all himself and uh, now we're watching Mozart in the Jungle, and the, you know that's that's an, a show about an orchestra and orchestra life and stuff like that. And but outside of just the music, like I think that the sound design is heavily paid attention to in that case too. So now I'm like noticing in movies whenever I like I'm hearing things, uh, you know, the 2.0 or the the 5.0 speaker situation. You usually even if it's like supposed to be a stereo, you you're hearing things from the left or right channel. And uh, the the subwoofer works pretty well, getting getting behind things here. Like in this movie, there was hardly any music. Did you guys notice that? It was it was kind of weirding me out. Yeah, no, you've got it in the beginning, and then you have it in the end. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. I thought that that was adding like a an eeriness to it. Yeah, further grounding it a little bit yeah. more, despite it being so otherworldly. Yeah. There's a part where Jude Law is talking to the other guy who's who's got that that weird name Nourish, you know. Nourish. The the guy that was working at the the, the animal slaughter or, oh, place oh, yeah, that yeah. was like you need to go to the Chinese restaurant, and it was like obviously a scene that was supposed to be like more tense, and I feel like any other filmmaker would have been like, okay, now we got some music in here to to tell people how to feel. And I, I'm, like, totally against that in general, unless it comes in naturally. And they, they didn't do that, but this also felt, that also felt like, whoa, what? I don't know if this is the way it's supposed to be, but I guess it is. Because if there's one thing a video game has, it's tons of music, usually. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that factor. That, like, if it had been a game... There would have been more going on. There was probably a lot that wasn't there that would have been there if it were a game. I mean, it still is. It's still an alpha. That's why it was at a church. We, we, oh right. Know. No, see, right. I thought I thought the opening scene was was the launch of the of the thing. Yeah. Oh no. No. They were saying like they needed like volunteers to test it, so mm, okay. I don't think it was the launch. I'm not sure though. Get Christopher Eccleston on the line. Let's ask him. He was in this movie for five minutes. Also with an accent. Oh, yeah, that was a very thick accent. 
They made you Law and Christopher Eccleston look like regular ass people. <laughs> like that just came from the grocery store or something. <laughs> I think Christopher Eccleston normally looks like that. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I mean, he looks super shiny in Doctor Who. I don't know. But like if you see him in uh Heroes season one, right? He just looks like a, a greasy weirdo. I don't think, I mean, I think that they made him have, like, kind of a dowdy hairdo or something. There was oh. something more, like, commonplace about the way he looked. I see. Well, but I've seen him in other stuff, too. Well, as a, uh, you know, somebody who worked in the industry, I gotta say, that's a typical hairdo for uh, <laughs> people. That's just a- <laughs> for people that would go to this kind of thing. Yes. In a church. Mm-hmm. You know, the church was a really awesome location. I don't know why they decided to do it there, but the lighting and the kind of windows and stuff in the background, I thought that was really awesome. Well, I mean, that for the subtext, you know, these exactly. gamers were worshipping. Oh, this, oh totally. Yeah. I missed that one. <laughs> this person That's, is their new god. Yeah, ex- totally. exactly. Hey, Willem Dafoe, when he figures out who it is, he literally falls and like it looks like he's trying to kiss her feet, you know? Yeah. This this is that like video game. I don't know. Yeah, like we have video game pro- developer celebrities and stuff like that. I could think of like you know Hideo Kojima and uh, Neil Notch, Druckmann. Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> yeah. Who, who would you say? Uh, Neil Druckmann. Who's that? Uh, dude, who did? I'm pretty sure he worked on the Uncharted games. The last oh, okay. of us. I just don't know his name off the top of my head. Yeah. But yeah. Hideo Kojima, though, being the big one. Yeah. And he's he's somebody that, like, treated it almost as a rock star kind of thing. You know, always wearing his sunglasses and, yeah. and you know, super cool and stuff like that. And uh, it's, like, it seems like there aren't other video games in the world, at least in this thing. But it's just, like, a, a tiny little picture yeah, I feel like the the beginning of the movie, you feel like you're the spectator of, you're watching someone else play a game. I felt like you were supposed to kind of be, kind of bystander, watching people play a game. Yeah, spectator, that, like you said. That looked like they were just kind of sitting there zoned out on drugs or asleep or Having some kind of sexual experience or something. Yeah. Some of the time. They didn't think about that part. Like, what's it going to be like for the other people in the audience? Usually there would be a screen to, like, show what people yeah. are seeing. Yeah. It seemed like... And it did seem vaguely, well, overtly sexual with some of the stuff with the console, but, like... What are you talking about? But they they never really went there. It's kind of like it was just this undercurrent of, like... I don't know. Well, I think the, the the reason why they did it is just to show the, I guess, the direction they thought video video games were heading towards. And you do have, you know, these these more games with, um, you know, more more adult uh, subject matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was just taking like that, Animal Crossing, like Animal Crossing, exactly. You got you decorate your house. It's like a grown up would too. Yeah, yeah. adult <laughs> subject matter, exactly. Animal on animal relationships. No, I think it was just taking that that seed, that idea that yeah. back then, you know, whenever this movie was made, they saw that they they, they saw that, you know it was being telegraphed in that direction, and they just went with it and built upon it. Did you see at the very like right before the very end that? After Jude Law and Jennifer Jason Lee are talking to the developers, that it shows Christopher Eccleston and Ian Holm and, and somebody, one of the other people, all looking at like handheld devices, like the like oh, iPhones. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, I don't think anything like that exists. Maybe like a PDA, but they they look like slicker, almost futuristic. They look like. Like Sarah's freaking iPhone. Yeah, yeah. that that scene. I mean, <laughs> and they're all just staring at the screen. It's like, whoa! Talk about predicting. Yeah, as uh, soon as that that you know test that game test ends and everyone breaks away, parts away, straight to the phones. Yeah, all head head bent down. A spot on. Yeah, in, yeah. In nineteen ninety nine, really spot on. I don't. I think I did get a cell phone in like. 1999 or 2000 
because I remember I wanted something so that I, if my job needed to contact me, they could get a hold of me. I was already like work focused at that point, which is a problem. Anyways, doctor, uh, <laughs> let me tell you about my mom. Now, this isn't dangerous but, method. You know, no, like, <laughs> those, are, those are what they were calling candy bars, you know? Like, they weren't even flip phones back then. They were the, you know, the old Nokia thing with the, the tiny like bar. LED yeah. screen. And yeah, <laughs> it's, just, it's kind of a trip. Like I don't like I worked on cell phone games. So one of the one of the cool things about working on cell phone games was that we got the the latest innovations in cell phones because we had to make sure that the games worked on them and stuff like that. All the different designs. So like I remember when the Nokia, I think it was Nokia, is it Nokia Razor? Is that no, Motorola Nokia? Razor. Motorola Razor. Yeah, Motorola Razor came out in the Pebble, which was just the same thing except for it had a cool, you know, Pebble shell. Uh, <laughs> Not not it's like, cool. It's like, not oh, cool shell. Are you kidding me? That's awesome. Like flipped open. No. It's round. Pretend it was goggles. <laughs> yeah. I had a friend at work that stole one from me, so come on. It's pretty cool. <laughs> I was gonna say you have a probably special appreciation for that phone. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that was just tripping me out. Yeah, definitely. The the fact that that was that was very spot on and just uh all the all the parallels with VR, you know. Yeah. In today's age. How come there were no black people though? Were there not any yet? You guys are just race blind? You didn't see? I mean they call out races. They call it a Chinese waiter. There he is. Chinese waiter. Chinese waiter, yeah, yeah. Hey <laughs> the- Chinese waiter. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just Yeah, that movie could have used more Lakeith Stanfield in it. Who's Lakeith Stanfield? The dude. Oh, the guy from, you were talking about. Yeah, was get out from Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think he was a baby when this movie came out. True. How old were you when this movie came out? When did it come out? Ninety nine. Ninety nine. Yeah. Uh, the year Sarah and I graduated from high school. I was three years old. All right. Yeah. Oh, you were the baby who handed That's me my, my diploma. That's nice. <laughs> what? That's disturbing. What's disturbing? <laughs> You were three? When this movie came out. Wow. Well, I I feel like I recognized a lot of like little details like costuming and stuff that were kind of reminiscent of the 90s. It kind of... Jennifer Jason Lee's... She looked very 90s. <laughs> yeah, her look was really... There were a few other movies around the time that had like a leading lady that was dressed really similarly. Mm-hmm. And one of the movies I was thinking of for some reason was Mimic. Yeah. Was that Elizabeth Shue or? No, that's, uh, okay, Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro, yeah. was, uh, what is the name of that lady? She's got blonde hair. It's not Elizabeth Shue. It's. Jose, look on your phone real quick. There was another actress, too, around the same time that had... I just watched um, Mimic. <laughs> and there was... Mira Sorvino. Mira, Mira Sorvino. Yeah. yeah. Um, Star of Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion. Yep. And Paul Sorvino's daughter? Yeah. No way. Really? I think so. Oh, damn. I don't know for a fact. Mr. Servino, if you're her father, please call in today. Nope, nope. We're right. We're right. Yeah. Well, never mind. Jose just ruined our chances of interviewing Paul Servino. Yeah, there was another movie, too. I'm, like, picturing... Something else slimy? No. Or just 90s woman? Like, another 90s lady that had, like, a hair... The Saint? Hairdo that was similar... Who was in The Saint? Elizabeth Shue. That, yeah, maybe. Mm. Or maybe she was in another movie around the same time. Probably. I mean, she was an actress who did stuff. Back then, yeah. Yeah. Have either of you seen Videodrome? Oh, man. I remember seeing part of that when I was younger. I never got to finish it. Don't know why. It seems the kind of flick I would would definitely enjoy. Um, That's good. We'll get a big watch next. Yeah? I, I haven't seen it either. Oh, all right. I know it's got a lot of body It, it does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. What Man. is that one? 
who's in that one? Uh, James Wood. James Woods, yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that one yet either. So, I just I want to talk about how gross this movie was because I don't think we we've, we've put it forward enough. How how gross this movie is? It's it's like a gross out movie. There's we we talk about the controllers. They they look like body parts, right? They they look like they have vestigial like bits and you know not nipples, but they obviously kind of look like nipples and stuff like that. <laughs> but when you like look at them, they look like they're like 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 Sarah said, they look like they're latex. You know, they look like they're robotic underneath. Except later in the movie, there's a scene where they are literally dissecting one of these console controllers, and it's just and it's flesh for the- <laughs> and blood and sacks and veins. And, uh. The other thing about that scene, the reason why they're dissecting it is for the purpose of data recovery. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, that is crazy. That's the way it looks like inside your SSD drive. Mm-hmm. It's just brains. They're also kind of blurring the line between if it's Good alive or not. Oh, yeah. Well, she said, I mean, that's what Ian Holmes says. They are essentially animals. It's from amphibian and like DNA, synthetic DNA or something. Yeah. And they, yeah. That could be something too, but. Yeah, I I mean it plays into that playing God thing. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. The creation, and that's that's all. That's William uh, or William. That's Willem Dafoe's big old speech thing. Like, have you ever played what was it, Art God? Mm-hmm. And thou art God, playing God, yeah, creating a world. Yeah, you could see why a, a uh, revolutionary. Uh, terrorist force would pop up to try to combat something like this. Yeah, you're right. We have we haven't really talked about how gross the movie is. I mean, we have, but it's really gross. It's like there's <laughs> umbilical cords that go into this weird flesh-looking thing that they have to like touch. They do all kinds of gross stuff to it. They and, yeah. shove it in their bodies, they lick it, <laughs> they fondle it. They do all kinds of gross things to it. No, there's definitely some scenes that do make you squirm. There's, there's, there's no doubt about <laughs> yeah. that. They cut it open. Yeah. yeah. That part where he like, oh, when he licks the umbilical cord. I was thinking about the part where Jude Law sticks his tongue into her port. Oh, yeah. Her bioport. Her bioport. That's not a euphemism. She has a thing called a bioport, and everybody who plays the game has it on their spine. Yeah, and he yeah. gets one. Yeah. Oh, I think the, the to me, the gross thing about it was that he had just put chapstick on it. Now he's got chapstick on his tongue. But there was that part where she, like, sprayed something. WD-40. Like, yeah, WD-40 onto Actually, it. it was uh, XE-60, which is uh, a letter and a letter up from WD, <laughs> XE-60. Yeah, I was writing down notes at the time when they were trying to figure out if he was going to get a port or not, and it was like, I don't want a hole punched in my back. Don't punch a hole in my back. <laughs> don't rub <laughs> on the hole in my back. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like it can't get can't get infected. Oh. <laughs> It's infected. Like, no, <laughs> uh, no, they kept no. Saying, like, like oh, I might get paralyzed. You won't get paralyzed. My legs don't work. <laughs> yeah, first thing. Oh, my God. My legs don't work. That made me laugh because it was like in Gattaca. This is the second movie where we've seen Jude Law have limp legs yeah. <laughs> in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> There's another, other like body mutilation movies in that movie Repo Men, which I haven't seen, but it's all about getting replacement organs and stuff like that. He's got a type. In what? Repo Men. Repo Men? Yeah. It's a sci-fi movie from, I don't know, maybe a decade ago now? It's a while ago. It's got Forrest Whitaker. He's probably making that face you like. He also, his character kind of reminded, Jude Law's character kind of reminded me of his character in Closer, too. Oh, yeah. He was kind of, like, like a little bit meek compared to some of the other characters and stuff, and yeah. So, anything else you guys want to say about this movie? I mean... What notes do you have? Yeah. Uh, I think I've pretty much gone over, over the most of them. Um, this movie's gross, uh... There's a part where they're 
literally a factory line where they're dissecting animals. I mean, yeah, it's gross, but I, I mean, there's <laughs> there's definitely worse out there. I maybe just doesn't phase me anymore, but no, I'm not saying it's yeah, it's not a horror movie. It's just yeah. Maybe I was thinking of Hollow Man. Hollow Man, Kevin Bacon, star of the Bacon Brothers Band. There's something about this that's kind of like putting the power into the amateur's hands. Like you're at this gas station and they're going to try to like do surgery on you practically. Yeah. And that that's another thing that I think makes you feel creeped out is that like they're talking about doing something that's really dangerous, but they're doing it themselves, like kind of just you know, jury rigging it or whatever. <laughs> like they're, they're kind of just rubber banding it and figuring it out. I don't know. Yeah. And I think that's a commentary too. Cause I got that sense in Cosmopolis when we were watching it, there were a couple of parts in this that really reminded me of that about like the gross culture that they're living in and this like clean, sophisticated, like, higher um class yeah and then like i even the costuming was similar in cosmopolis i thought there was nobody in any suits or anything but the female is who's in cosmopolis julia pinoche or um i don't remember yeah anyway i thought some of the costuming was similar and there's like a there's kind of a kurt vonnegut thing going on Uh like a little bit um the slaughterhouse kind of stuff. I could definitely see that. You got anything else? Uh no, just that. I I, I like this movie ever no. since I saw it, you know, however many years ago when we were when we were back in school. Uh Yeah, I definitely dig it. I like it too. I it's brisk. It's only an hour and a half long, which is cool. I think the key to really enjoying it is don't try to don't get like super caught up in the story because it's like yeah I, I guess you could parse it and try to make sense of it but I think that's that's part of the experience is that it doesn't really make sense just just like a video game <laughs> the storyline doesn't necessarily make sense procedurally generated that's what it is yeah yes ah. no man sky man yeah. <laughs> game you get the star thank you <laughs> <laughs> what for remembering what it's called yeah yeah yeah. procedurally generated that's right that's right yeah i'd recommend this too even though i would caution people if you get grossed out or easily there's some really gross stuff in this movie like like how the thing had gross stuff in oh, it. That's <laughs> yeah. yeah creatures that are gross yeah all right So, I'm going to read the outro stuff. You guys think of a lesson that you learned from existence. Little E, Big X, Big Z. David Cronenberg, he's done some movies. And he usually actually has quite, you know, a moral compass in there. Hmm. Have you seen Scanners? Hell yeah. Okay, just checking. I think it's on Filmstruck. Good. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. It's kind of, it, it's way more traditional sci-fi, I'd say. Like the, Oh, the definitely. Like, yeah. Especially the score to it makes it sound yeah. very, very traditional sci-fi. That's yeah, cool stuff. <laughs> Michael Ironside. Yeah. <laughs> that performance, man. I gotta rewatch that. Yeah. I've never seen it. I should watch it. Yeah. Should do it for the podcast. Or we, you know, we could watch a movie outside of the podcast. I guess that's a possibility. We don't normally do that. No, we have to discuss. Yeah, the scanners. So since we don't, we don't watch any other kind of movies anymore, unless it's for the podcast. Hey, if you uh, have any suggestions or comments for the podcast, please write into the email address. Please don't podcast at gmail dot com or message us on our Facebook page, facebook dot com slash pdsmios, or also on Twitter at at outer space pod if you listen to us on itunes we'd appreciate it if you subscribed and rated us on the apple podcast app 
That increases our visibility, which will get us more listeners. And that's what we want. We want more flesh for the machine. Flesh! Okay, sorry. Um, like that, say a special thanks to Jed Dowtry for our podcast logo, to David DeRoy for our music, and for Spencer for always bothering me whenever I don't feel like watching something to watch something. I'm just kidding. Spencer's a cool guy. Spencer. If you uh, want to hear some more shows like us, we are part of a, the Ear Trumpet Audio Podcast Network. If you go to eartrumpetaudio.com, you'll find links to all the other programs there, including The Realist, Life Mark, Taxes, and Tater Tots, Kill by Kill, The Song That Saved Your Life. Check those out. All the links are on that site. And if you have a few dollars you want to toss our way, patreon.com slash eartrumpet is our network's Patreon We'd appreciate that. Uh, the podcast is mostly free to produce, but it is not completely free. So any dollar that you can spare would help us keep this on the air every week for your ear holes. What are you guys doing? Stop messing around. Mm? You're stacking things up on the table. We're just keeping busy. I'm trying to have a serious conversation. No, proceed, please. What do you guys think of Ian Holmes' accent? Oh, God, ridiculous. I like Ian Holmes. He's so cool. He's cool. Yeah. 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 I like him in Alien. A Lifeless Ordinary. And Alien. And Lord of the Rings. Alien. Alien. Yeah, he plays the android. Whoa, spoiler. Uh, he plays a person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that he was in it. And uh, Garden Good State. Fifth Element. We live in home. Yeah. Uh, the day after tomorrow. Let's start the Ian Home cast. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Ian Home cast, <laughs> where we only watch Ian Home movies or watch other movies and pretend Ian Home is in it. No, that's not going to work. So, what lesson did you learn from Existence? 1999. David Cronenberg. I'm not ready to come up with a lesson. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Put um. me back in the game. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, that part where he cuts the umbilical cord, all you had to do was tie it in a knot. That was gross. Yeah, it was gross. It was like squirting out blood. That was yeah. awesome. That was gross. That was, that was awesome. Was even, gross. So, even more the invasive nature of like, if, if, you're, if your freaking thing has a disease, it can put that disease into you. Like, oh, God. Oh, hell no. Yeah. <laughs> You'll never be lonely if you have your video games. I'm so sad right that's, now. That's I'm a so, lesson. I'm so sad. That's a lesson from this movie, and you can also cuddle your video game console if you feel lonely. Listen, not not all lessons are actually helpful. I mean, this is <laughs> literally something we're learning from the movie. It doesn't necessarily mean you should actually follow it. You know, that's I'm just putting that out there. You may need human action interaction besides just Chrono Trigger. Jose, do you have a lesson? Uh, yeah. If you're needing a Bioport installed, don't do it at a countryside gas station. <laughs> do it at a Chevron, like any sensible person would. Good point. But what if Willem Dafoe was running that countryside gas station? It'd be hard to say no, right? Like, hey, I'm actor Willem Dafoe. I'm going to put a port in you. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Fill her up. Wait. And my lesson is that just because you have a new orifice in your body doesn't mean you should put things into it. That that's a good good lesson. <laughs> ever, ever. Yeah. Who cares if it's not going to have an infection? Just just mm. keep stuff out of it. Is that part when she sticks her finger in there? That's oh, not nah. No. Okay. Yeah. We'll see you next week, folks. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Later.
Are you ready? This is a question I had. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're going you're gonna to eat peanuts right now while oh. we're recording? <sighs> Jose? It's going to be all... No, no, it's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, eat those peanuts. <laughs> I dare you. <laughs> no, it's fine. EarTrumpetAudio.com Ideas and entertainment. Loud and clear. Mm-hmm. <laughs>